Good morning. It's Friday and it's time for the Friday Grief Chat with Jill and Deb. There we go. I, you're on this side, even though you're on this side. There we go. Right. right. How has your week been? Uh, good. I, I can't be more vaccinated unless I took a tetanus shot because I just got my second shingle shot. Oh, my gosh. And so and I think I didn't have as bad a reaction because my immune system was so up from having the uh, COVID shot. So, but I got a lot done and some people might've seen the Easter eggs. I, I have about 20 more to go that I made. So simple. And right. Yeah. Just simple, simple, simple. And if you don't uh, know, Deb made Easter eggs out of Rice Krispie treats and she put them in Easter egg forms to, to make them into eggs and then decorated them. And we all know that everybody likes Rice Krispie treats. I used to make Rice Krispie houses for Christmas, not gingerbread. Exactly. I have made castles. I what? have made, the castle was hard, but I've made pirate ships with cannons with sparklers in them. Oh, you're way above me. No, no. I, I was impressed when I just took the Christmas candies and melted them and turned them into stained glass. Ooh, that's very cool. That was Martha Stewart one year. Didn't happen again. Oh, <laughs> and you know, it's it's like uh, there's all sorts of things out there to relax you, kind like mm -hmm. Zentangle or, um, you know, doodling or coloring. This does it for me. I, I have to tell you, and I was going to pull up a picture on my uh, my phone here to show you, to show what it looks like. Scoot it more Oops. towards the center. There, right stop there. Look at that. Who would think that about is... doing that with Rice Krispies? I know we're supposed to be doing humor, grace, and grief, but you know what? We got to have some humor because it's Good Friday. And not just that, it's very, if both Jill and I posted some personal reflections on what happens around these holidays. You with your uh, wife, Linda, right? Mm -hmm. And me with my mom, Shirley, with two E's. And giving yourself permission to disengage from the family. And let's say you're not allowed to. Let's say it's too hard. You can emotionally disengage. If you right. can't physically take that time, say, I mean, at least let people know you're feeling a little quieter this year. Uh, just need a little more time in the bathroom by yourself. However you need to do it. And me, what has become a tradition that was very healing 23 years ago, I have to watch Life of Brian. and. Blessed are the cheese makers. <laughs> and and what did the Romans ever do for us? Um, which actually during this holy week, it's all about it, it's all about perspective. And it was, you know, Jesus was a, a rebel like nobody's business. And think about what the Jews did. They said. Huh. you know, all these plagues are going to come down. There you go. And right. then we're going to skedaddle. And we're going to part the tomato soup. If anybody's watched Bruce Almighty, 
the tomato soup <laughs> and you retell the story and you retell the story and you know it stirs up stuff inside things you've left behind this week and ramadan's coming up too yes but this week is about remembering and freedom and it's about setting yourself free and everybody gets to when you when you felt like a slave to your own emotions and then you get killed for whatever reason whether reality comes crashing in grief comes crashing in whatever then you get to go under the blanket fort of life or a tomb and stay there for three days, three minutes, 30 seconds, whatever you need. Time out. Time out to regroup. Regroup. Mm -hmm. You could regroup. That happens in a chrysalis. You turn into primordial goop. But, right. And then you can emerge. And you might have to repeat that cycle, I don't know how many times. But that's what grief is about. So you can have the perspective of deep therapy grief. You can watch uh, <laughs> Life of Brian and Brian <laughs> and the two other robbers. Right. Robbers are on either side, arms outstretched. How crazy is it? You'd say, always look at the bright side. <laughs> but then how many people are going to need to watch Life of Brian again? Right? It helps. It's another perspective to take you away from that deeper grief mm -hmm. just for a moment. The highs that you will have are breathing exercises, right? That's all you do. In order to do ha, you got to... Ha, you got to breathe in. And when you go, ha, you breathe out, which makes you want to suck in. So breath is everything. If you didn't have breath, well, you'd be dead. So there yeah. you go. And we've all seen it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So right. that, that's why uh, the humor part is humor is one perspective. It absolutely um, is. And yeah. you should, we sh if someone is experiencing a loss this week or has a loss anniversary during Holy Week or Passover, which always combine, or Ramadan or the 4th of July or whatever, this is your time to decide how you want to do it and what you want to do it with. Holy Week's a little more loaded because it's got it that is. message. And um, for those who don't know, um, I'm quite transparent. My first wife, Linda, died of pulmonary fibrosis. She literally had the breath taken out of her. Um, and she died on Good Friday. And uh, in our house, we I started it. It's, you know, she died three hours before Jesus because she died at noon. So, <laughs> and it was on April 2nd. So today is the anniversary, the literal anniversary of her death 11 years ago. And Good Friday also lands um, mm -hmm. the same day this year. So it's kind of convenient. I only have one instead of two. Normally there are two anniversaries, which kind of sucks, but we could joke about it. I can joke about it. Um, I spend my Good Friday typically, you know, remembering her here and there, but also doing all the things and celebrating the life that she gave me in her loss. But I got to tell you that first Easter after she died, 
trying to go to church and hear the message that, you know, Jesus was important and was raised from the dead. And my little niece was there going, um, but, but Aunt Linda didn't get raised from the dead. How didn't she count? Wasn't she as important? So this is kind of a loaded holiday for some folks. Uh -huh. So find your place and find where you want to find the life again. If uh -huh. you celebrate Easter um, and if you celebrate Passover, find the love of the family and gather together and hug tight. And if you haven't had a loss at Easter, take the time to tell everybody at your table or your virtual table, because we're still virtual, uh -huh. how much they mean to you. And how you want to be remembered. Right? Deb wants to be remembered as a clown. Well. I know that. And as someone who supports people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And walks yeah. with people and companions people. And I want to be remembered as a rebel who happened to be a pretty decent mom. And an indulgent grandma. Right? Oh, right. Right. If it said only Bubby, clown, and uh, made God smile. That's all you need. I know I'm a, I'm a decent wife. I mean, he hasn't divorced me, so that's really good. He's kept you around. You've kept him. That's equal. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I want to go back to something you said because it was very true. I, there was no grief counseling around when, when my mom died. And that, like I said, 23 years ago. And to hear that some people love reading the path, it's called the Passion of Christ, and there's the 12 stations. And actually, when you read them, it's, it's brutal. What they used to do, what the Romans used to do, brutal, right? I'm right. sure there's plenty that we do now that's brutal, but it was brutal. So... Mm -hmm. If you know you're going to have to hear this, bring Kleenex because it's a trigger. To it hear absolutely is. How much pain Jesus was in. And mm -hmm. it's going to trigger inside the times. I mean, I'm not saying it will, but it definitely can. And if you can plan ahead to not listen, but if you still feel compelled, because of your faith, because of your family, whatever the case is, bring extra tissues. Be kind to yourself. If all of a sudden your eyes and your nose start squirting, bring a water bottle in case it makes you start coughing. That's right. Lesson That's learned, right. folks. When we cry, yeah. we cough, and always in church and always in a silent service. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tip of the day. Quietest times. <laughs> You know, if you can only identify with the baby crying in the back, good for right. you. You know, I remember the day that Linda died, you know, we it was a it was a big day, it was a long day, it was a good day because she'd had a terrible illness. But when it got to be sort of sundown, I was like, you know, I I think I need to go to church. And everyone looked at me like you are crazy. And I yeah, well, of course I'm crazy. you you knew that before. But it was the place that I knew. Right. That's what we did on Good Friday. And we've had a couple of other really awful Good Fridays in our family already. So I went in and, you know, that's a it's a dark service. Right. Literally, the lights were down. I could do all the grieving I needed to do and nobody had to see it. So it gave me that 
place to let it all out, but a place where nobody else had to do that thing that they do when you are grieving and want to do this when you just want them to do that. Right? Right. Um, several, I'm not sure how many, we got a call on Good Friday that um, our son-in-law's uh, father technically was murdered. Oh. And that was a tough one. And so I can just imagine how that stirs up memories at different points. And, yeah. you know, that sick feeling in your stomach when that happens. And there are no words. I, I've, I've had another member of my family murdered. And uh, there are no words. And there's no, no way to words. prepare. And there's there is nothing, and you know, seeing your name or your parents' name blasted all over TV sets—that is a tough one. It and is. That, it's really. It just. It's like another slam. Mm -hmm. so. And for those who've survived it, if they don't know who was the perpetrator having to live right. through the whole investigation and not have answers. That's, that's a really that's right. tough time. I've, I've companioned several clients through that and it's, it's a exactly. long process. What they found at the other end was they could remember the person who was murdered for who they were mm -hmm. and do something in their name that was good and honored them so that other people could share the memory and not make the memory about the way they died. It was the memory of how they lived, how they lived. And right. that's, that is, you know, I have my favorite stories to tell about uh, our son-in-law's dad. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's our favorite stories to tell about. Today, I told another uh, story about my mother, Shirley, with two E's, you know. What would she say about what I was eating in the moment? And so <laughs> I just... Uh, that's my grandmother in my ear when it comes yeah, to what are you yeah. eating? Yeah, what are you eating? You know, what but you with a Swedish power? accent. Oh, Jewish accent, a, a Jewish Chicago accent. What? What are you mm -hmm. eating? Chocolate, blueberries, and sour cream. I said, Mom, thanks for pairing sour cream with fruit. I love it. And then, Jill, don't what? you know how many calories are in that? <laughs> Yeah, I do, and yes, I'm enjoying mom. it anyway. Thanks. Yeah, mom, it's it works for my system. You're right. dead. If you if you wanted to be alive, you should have. Then you can comment. But really, you don't get right. a choice right now. And you get to laugh. I've chosen to take the whole Holy Week and make it into one where I can enjoy the beauty of the rebirth of spring that it represents as well. Going back to long yes. before we had Easter. Um, and probably a little more now because I'm with the genealogy I'm doing. I'm learning a lot about really oh, yeah. ancient um, Nordic ways of ways of celebrating the spring um, and finding that I really like them. So I, you know, Easter lilies, some people don't like them. My wife, the funeral director, hates lilies because they have those stamens in the middle and they mm -hmm. have that yellow on them. And if yeah. florists deliver them to funerals and they haven't trimmed them, then they're uniform of a white shirt and a black jacket is instantly ruined and that mm -hmm. stuff doesn't come out there's only a few things that remove it so i bring the lilies in 
And I tend to also pick up a few other spring flowers, all of which have mm -hmm. such great scents, like hyacinths, mm -hmm. right? The paper whites. Oh, yeah. And I take extra allergy meds because I shouldn't fill the house with them, but damn it, I'm going to. So I can wake up in the morning and even though it's Good Friday, the Easter lilies are there and I can really enjoy them and enjoy the lift that that gives me. Right. So I'll right. be delivering yellow roses to the cemetery today for Linda, but an Easter lily for Casper. Because, uh, okay. you know, you can't leave one wife out when you have two of them <laughs> there. <laughs> and when you go visit your headstones, which I collect, apparently, I know people who collect shoes and they have to worry about shoe storage. I don't got to worry about storage. I paid for it already. It's reserved. Do you have two? You have two, and then you'll have another one with uh, Stacy. Stacy, she's um debating that she she just wants to be. She's like, do whatever. I'm like, you're a funeral director. You should know what you want. And she said, well, it kind of depends on timing and who's still in the still around in the family. But yeah, um, you can do whatever you want. And I said, well, I'll probably be gone first, so somebody else better. But there's gonna be a third headstone because I'm not only a condo, I'm gonna be a triplex. Right? I, I was gonna say that's what I call them when people have their their and people would take pictures of them yeah. and show me as a as a visiting nurse. You know, I was in my 30s and they were mm -hmm. in their 70s or whatever, and they'd show me the picture. They go, This is where I'm gonna and I go, Oh, so that's your new condo. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. I love your surroundings, lots of nature. And we would just talk about the new condo. Right. So, you know, if Robert Fulham, if you don't, if anyone doesn't know that name, he's the one who wrote everything I needed to learn. I learned in kindergarten. The kindergarten. Mm -hmm. He's a great writer. He hasn't, he's gone. So his books are still around, but some people don't know of them. But if you haven't read them, you've got to. He's got a, another book called It Was on Fire When I Lay Down on It. And in there, he's got a short story about himself and his wife picking out their cemetery plots and how they searched the cemetery in Seattle that's up on the hill overlooking the water and they needed just the right spot and they finally found it and it's under a tree. And he says, I know, I know, I know, I know what trees do. I don't care. We wanted a tree because this was the most expensive real estate we'd ever purchased and we were determined to use it before we were there. And so then they would pack picnic lunches and bring a chair and a picnic blanket and they would have lunch on their reserved spot overlooking Aww. the water and cemeteries are a beautiful place to hang out oh, this yeah. time of year they're especially pretty they're filled with flowers mm -hmm. right so it's yes, you yes. would enjoy his spot and i do the same thing it's a beautiful old cemetery with you know 150 year old trees and it's a peaceful place to go you and know, if it were any other year there would be an easter sunrise service on the hillside above it but not oh. this year no, <laughs> not that, not last year, not this year. That'll no, be for next no. year. Yeah. We uh uh there were two there was one plot left and next to Daryl's mom, and so my husband paid uh his share to his brother so that he he bought his share. Mm -hmm. And um so Daryl and I planned to in urns put into the grave yeah and uh and we'll be next to his mom i'm thinking 
great. We'll be playing Universal Romy again. And that'll be fun. You know, I, I'm not, uh, I won't be buried up north in a Jewish cemetery like my parents. And, yeah. uh, and my, I think it was my daughter that said, I don't care what you do with the body, mom, but I want some place to visit. That's so like, exactly right. Don't, don't. And she said this to me and I said, okay, because, you know, it's for them. It's not for me. I don't right. care. I'm dead. So, I mean, yeah. I, I know who to haunt already. And I'm my parents are going right. <laughs> to, my parents are going to be scattered. Those are the instructions. Yes. Um, but when every when people die in my family, I do like to go to the cemetery. I'm one of those people who does. There are some schools of thought in grief that talk about going to cemeteries as being a way to avoid your loss or avoid thinking about your grief or a place to distract yourself instead of doing the grief work, which I thoroughly disagree with. Uh -huh. I think we all get to decide how we're going to do it. And if uh -huh. cemeteries bring you peace or a place to go yell at someone, then great. So. Uh -huh. um, I will, I will have a spot there. My parents don't ha aren't going to have a headstone or weren't planning on one, but we have one plot left in Lake Wales, Florida, where my grandparents are interred and my beloved aunt is interred on my dad's side. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking I might just at some point put a stone there for both of them and use that. They won't be interred there, but to have, have the family connected there. I think that would be mm -hmm. a, a nice way to honor their memory. Yeah. I want to, uh, since we're talking about cemeteries, one of the coolest cemeteries, and I've been to several, but the coolest one, St. Bonaventure in Georgia, in Savannah, Georgia. Oh. And you've probably read about it in, uh, Kevin Spacey was in the movie, The Midnight Garden of Good and Evil. And so those angels are right there. There was a Jewish cemetery in, within, mm -hmm. and there was a building where the rabbis, because traditionally there would be only certain people that would come and prepare the body and stay with the body, be official mourners, and that part had gone. However, there was one tombstone, and it said, here lies the ashes of 900 people from Auschwitz or Buchenwald. I don't remember which one. Wow, and they, and I, I was like, and there was, I just need to say this. I don't, I don't have the photo with me. I took a picture of that and how odd, because there were no bubbles around. There was a big, orb of a rainbow bubble right in front of me and I'm like this is gorgeous mm -hmm. and and it came on the camera it wasn't I couldn't see it but just if anybody ever gets a chance to go to St. Bonaventure Cemetery and look around there's a very famous one of the first female uh, sprint runners, African-American sprint female that won, I, I forget her name, but she's buried there. Johnny Mercer is buried there. And um, 
the Mercers were really good friends with that famous uh, Sunday shop, ice cream shop. And so the ice cream shop at the cemetery set up. And when they were honoring Johnny Mercer and his sister, and whatever, they set up free ice cream for everybody. Oh, isn't I that, love that. Isn't that a beautiful way to do that? Mm -hmm. I, I, I hope people do that, you know. I have a feeling the instead of putting stones, people are going to be putting red noses. Right, you know, on yours. Just, uh -huh. it just, you know, forget the red roses. Just throw in red noses, you know. Yeah, and they're less expensive and they mean more. We don't got to meet other people's expectations. I, yeah, I, think, mm -hmm. I think I told the story of the three spoons from Baskin Robbins. Yes. I had left in a, and, but, you know, when you go to a funeral at a cemetery, whether it's uh, a memorial service, it doesn't matter. Uh, Jews usually leave pretty stones, right? Leaves rocks. Um, I don't. I I can look that up. I brought today just in case we needed it. Uh, the complete idiot's guide. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I have I have all these. Complete Idiot's Guide to Various Religions so that I could look things up quickly. Mm -hmm. And, um, but if you ever go, it would be, what, what is meaningful to you about that person? And there's nothing it doesn't say, because it's for you. You don't have to make a big scene about it. You can quietly, in the dirt pile or whatever, put that in or leave it inside because that's meaningful to you. Right. In, in the, in the casket for my grandfather, I think when they put things out, there were dice and things that he had done. And so I got a pair of the dice mm -hmm. that reminds me, grandpa loved the bet. He loved to play dice, play on the horse, bet on the horses, you know, whatever. It was his thing. And uh, I like to walk cemeteries and, and just random ones because you can look at the headstones and see whom, what someone wanted to be remembered for, what the family wanted to say about this person. And the family may no longer be alive either, but it says everything about the connections that people had and continue to have. If you've ever been to the Metairie cemeteries in Louisiana, the beautiful cemeteries that people call New Orleans are actually in Metairie, Louisiana. And uh, we spent a full day when we were there last time. There's one that's well-known tomb called the Blue Angel, which was made for a very young woman who died by her dad. And it was it's a beautiful full-sized angel um, in white marble leaning over um, the image of the stone. It's inside the raised building and then it's got blue glass behind it. And so it throws this blue light over it throughout the day at different angles. If you Google it, folks, Blue Angel, Crypt, and Metairie, Louisiana, you will see it. There's also one there that has, it's a huge monument to a very important person who died whose name I have no idea but after that person died he apparently had that connection with his dog like we have with ours uh -huh. which uh -huh. is why people connect with this particular tomb 
and they really are tombs because they're giant. Um, there is a bronze dog that looks oh. just like apparently like his. His dog went to the cemetery every day after his dad died and sat on his tomb day after day. And so when the dog died, the dog was given dispensation to be able to be buried right there in front of them. And then they the dog is life size. It's the size of a Labrador. Oh all in solid oh. bronze. And that dog gets more beads, more flowers, more balloons, more people have no idea. This this dog died a hundred and some right. years ago. Right. But this dog speaks to everybody who sees him, right? Mm -hmm. And so that connection we have with our pets. So cemetery walking is a great way to think about how do you want to be remembered and how do you want to be celebrated and how do you want to celebrate those in your family mm -hmm. and what kind of sense of humor do you want to add to it? Maybe right. Mel blank, Mel blank, the, the voice of bugs, bunny mm -hmm. and uh, several of them on his Tim tombstone. It actually says that's all folks. Right. 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 As um, it should be. Daryl and I are still like, I said, Please, can I have fake nose and glasses at least uh, etched on there, please? And he's like, so I'm like hoping he goes first because then I get to pick. You can do it ahead of time. Uh, yeah, but he's still alive and we'll argue about it. <laughs> <laughs> Linda has an Angel's A, um, which I had oh, to pay extra uh, for because they're licensed. Um, and each of them have interlocking wedding rings on them, different kinds, because uh -huh. it was important that we could be married because both of us, both marriages had right. to be slipped in around prop eight. Yes. Um, she also has a saying from Bach tower in Florida, make you the world a better place because you've lived in it, Aww. which I just love. And she loved, um, and it's got a cardinal on it because we had cardinals in our home in Florida. And then Casper got a poodle because Linda's poodle fuzzy became Casper's, but the guy making the headstone was not good at poodles. So it ultimately ended up looking like a really mad furry goat. But <laughs> after about the fifth revision, I was like, oh, just anything. I know it's a poodle. That all, that's all that matters to me. If, it, if the poodle's a mad goat, that's okay. And now we had, after that, we had another dog who, when she got shaved, looked like a mad goat if it was done badly. So it worked for me. It worked. It worked. Right. So all, all the things that, that matter to you can go on those stones because it speaks to people. My my parents had uh, wedding rings made mm -hmm. that said, um, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine in Hebrew. So that is what they had on their, on their stone. On Fair. their stone in Hebrew. And uh, that's that was very important to them. Uh, like I said, I don't get to visit my parents' place of uh, eternal rest. Mm -hmm. uh, I I I don't. And uh, but I I took pictures. I took pictures. I printed off the pictures. I use them in slides sometimes. And you know, it's just that's. You know, however you need to remember right. your loved one, which is the purpose of why we're talking today, is what is it that you need to 
either get through the week to not just get through, but to even stay present for some of that. How and do you to reach out to people if you haven't had a loss at this time of year, if you know someone who has. Mm -hmm. I have a very dear friend who lost her dad also on Good Friday, a different year. Mm -hmm. So every Good Friday, I make sure that there's a there's a message that goes out to her because you should remember the people who've had those losses during this time of year. That's right. And so, you know, I, it really right. kind of sucks that you got to do this twice. But he'd be so proud of you. And I'm so glad yes. you can smile about him. And I hope you eat a big old bunny ear for him. Right. Because that's what you got to do. So on I, Easter morning, my oldest daughter yes. will eat the. Easter the ear off the giant bunny that I bought her at Seas Candy yesterday. She doesn't listen to this, so she has no idea I did it. I got the very last bunny at the Seas Candy store, which is a very big deal here in California. Oh, it's the last one in all of Southern California. Yeah. And she yeah. will lop that bunny ear off and she'll say, I'm doing this for mama because this is what she would do. Right? That's great. That's great. And people, and this is something I want to mention. Easter, you know, the day that is written that Christ rose. Mm -hmm. And some people consider it a blessing to die on Easter. And yes. so if you're sitting with someone right now or your family, uh, if your family loved one or someone you know died on Easter, and that gives you comfort, sit with that. Mm -hmm. You know, share it, sit, share it. Yeah, Share the exactly. grief as possible to get through and you can find peace at the end of it, which is what we want everyone to find. Exactly. We want people to get the message that grief is something that you walk through and you finish and you re remake where you are exactly. and you do it with some grace and sometimes not so much grace. Sometimes, sometimes grieving people are not so much fun. But to also re weave back the humor and bring that back that humor at the other side. I, I want to ask you a question, Jill, mm -hmm. and for our listening audience, because so many people say you never get over grief. You never <sighs> get, I'm just going to ask the question. So you very clearly said it's something you walk through and you move on, but that doesn't mean, so my on. question. We never move on. You don't move on. You finish. You finish. There are people that still ask the question, well, if I'm finished, why do I still have a trigger every once in a while? Well, they don't use the word trigger. Why do I cry when I smell, you know? And because it's like, it is a trigger. And because yeah. we do miss them. Just because you finished the grieving process. Which is a Thank big you. thing. It's not something small. It's you finish all the things that were left over and you mm -hmm. say a final goodbye and you mm -hmm. reorganize your life. But we don't leave them behind. We don't move on. We don't get over it. Those are banished words in my world mm -hmm. and, and phrases. We take them with us. Right? That's right. So Linda right. died today and she's right here. But I'm not grieving her loss. I'm remembering her. And then I'll go and That's do right. other things today. We've got a packed schedule. And then I'll remember her again. And then I'll, there will be triggers. That means that they matter to you. Mm -hmm. Right? And over time, some of those triggers will diminish. Or the buildings that were triggers will get knocked down. 
or mm-hmm. you'll move and so some of them won't be there. That just means right. that you loved them very much, but you don't have to grieve forever to prove that you love someone. That's right. That's You right. can stop the grieving, move into your new life, and take their memory with you. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't have to make monuments in your house. You can have a picture if that's what you want, a candle, mm-hmm. what you need to do. Mm-hmm. It's not a fast yeah. process for some. It's faster for others, depending on what kind of death it was. If mm-hmm. it was a traumatic death or a sudden death, it's going to take a little longer by and large. If it's right. an expected, protracted, someone dying of pulmonary fibrosis or dementia, typically it's a faster process because you're tired and you've done your grieving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you you create your life and include them in it. Because you don't want their memory to be forgotten. You want them to be part of your life. I have the great honor of being able to do that all the time because I teach grief and loss. So when Mm -hmm. I'm teaching grief and loss and I put up an image that is kind of hazy, but it's talking about the dying process, that image is usually Casper in the hospital bed with one of our dogs. Mm -hmm. And I get to talk about her. So her name stays up and out. Linda's name stays up and around and I enjoy being able to do that. It's not to traumatize people and I don't do it in a sad way. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. They're still part of real life and they're still around just in a different way. That's right. When someone dies and you have that loss, whoever it Mm -hmm. is, you still have a relationship. It's just always. Mm -hmm. You still talk to them. Sometimes you cuss at them. We're mm-hmm. car shopping right now. So I'm, I'm kind of wishing that one of them was here so that they could do this instead of me. I hate car shopping. Right? <laughs> With a passion. I don't even want to test drive, but I need to know I fit in the car, but I don't even like that part. I had people who liked to test drive. Casper loved to test drive. I would have sent her out. Right? I wouldn't let her make the deal again because, oof, she was a bad car shopper, but she was a good test driver. <laughs> So you can rem- you can miss them, remember them, yell at them, laugh at them, right? Laugh with them. You can do all those things. You don't have to grieve all the time, mm-hmm. which I think is the message of Easter. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the message of Passover. You you move right. through and you do what needs to be done. That's and you find life again. Absolutely. Right. So shall we call it there and wish everyone a happy whatever you are celebrating and a holy whatever you are doing today and um, some good time with family, whether together or virtual and um, a safe weekend um, and maybe a week next week with no mass shootings um, because goodness knows we had another one here. So be good to those that you love. Be kind to those that you don't. And um, Uh do it with a little bit of grace, and then you can have some humor about it when you get home. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.